This podcast has been prepared exclusively for institutional, wholesale, professional clients, and qualified investors only, as defined by local laws and regulations. Please read other important information, which can be found on the link at the end of the podcast episode. Good morning. This is Michael Sembolist with the November 2019 Thanksgiving Eye on the Market. This, uh, this month, our topic is the Armageddonists. Now, what is that about? Uh, recessions in bear markets are a fact of life. Uh, they happen intermittently. But something peculiar happened after the global financial crisis that I hadn't seen before, which is the rise of the, this Armageddonist community, who's, uh, which is a bunch of market watchers and forecasters and some money managers whose apocalyptic comments tend to spread like wildfire on the Internet and also in print. Uh, I can understand in part the reason for their popularity. Uh, By 2010, we had experienced two consecutive bear markets over the last prior decade, each one with equity equity declines over 40%. And each time it took several years for the market to recover, unlike the shallower recessions and bear markets of the 60s and 80s that uh, were were much faster to recover. And the, the dismal performance of some of what took place in 2001, 2008 really doesn't have any parallel in terms of, of being consecutive, uh, except for the great parts of the Great Depression. I also understand mega bearish news appeals to people, right? There's humans have a negativity bias. Uh, Nobel Prize winner Daniel Kahneman has looked at it. Uh, Stuart Soroka, who's a political scientist, wrote a book. In 2014, one of the things he showed was the negative correlation between magazine sales and the positivity of what was on the cover. Uh, In other words, the more positive the cover was, the less people bought it. And there was also an experiment in the same year where a city newspaper deliberately published only positive news, and they lost two-thirds of their readers. So that said, uh, what what are the consequences for people that listen to these Armageddonists uh, over the last 10 years? So we pulled together... Some comments from the usual suspects, um, and these are comments that were made since 2010. Uh, some of these guys have a, are, are on record as having anticipated the prior bear market and recession, but we're focused on what people have said since 2010. And what we measured was the impact of an investor deciding to shift a dollar from equities to a diversified fixed income portfolio of government bonds, mortgage-backed securities, and corporate bonds after reading their, each time after reading their comments. And because uh, what we wanted to measure was what was the opportunity loss for investors that paid attention to this stuff at the time. And, you know, one example is if you moved a dollar uh, from equities to fixed income in 2014 in response to what was being said, uh, you would have underperformed by about 40 percent as the bull market kept rolling on. Uh, and since it was mostly propelled more by earnings than multiple expansion. Now, of course, one day these Armageddonists are going to be rewarded with a recession. Uh, Right now, CEO confidence has plunged um, something like two-thirds of respondents to the Duke CFO survey say the U.S. will be in a recession by the end of next year. Uh, We're in an earnings recession right now, which means on a year-on-year basis, uh, I think for this quarter and next quarter, uh, earnings growth will be slightly negative. Uh, I don't think we're going to have an economic recession this year or next, because I think the health of the U.S. consumer, labor markets, housing, and a modest rebound in manufacturing are going to prevent that. But I could be wrong. The bigger issue is this. For investors that reacted to some of these Armageddonists, 
uh, the next recession and bear market will have to be really bad in order to earn back what was sacrificed along the way. And using some very rough math, we'd have to have a bear market with 30 to 45% declines from peak levels uh, in, to, to reverse some of the opportunity losses that, that people have suffered. And um, who did we look at here? Well, we picked some quotes from Paul Krugman and uh, John Hussman and Peter Schiff, David Stockman, David Rosenberg, Albert Edwards, Mark Faber, Jeff Gundlach, Daryl Rubini, you know, a lot of the people that, are, um, that you've seen in print and on TV a lot with, with comments about uh, ultimate death crosses, <laughs> uh, which is, a, uh, I guess, some chart reading thing, uh, comments about 99% certainty of recessions, stock market crashes, um, home prices going to be below where they were in the last recession, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, and the, look, these are, um, these are, these comments are different from, from regular money managers who say they either are defensive from an asset allocation perspective. And, and the difference is this. Uh, a defensive asset allocation view is going to result in a 5 or 10 or maybe 15% risk reduction in a fully invested portfolio, whereas some of these Armageddonist comments are essentially uh, predicting a crash and recession uh, that uh, would require a wholesale reduction in portfolio risk. So if you take a look in the eye on the market this week, you'll see a couple of charts on the history of, uh, of bear markets and how severe they've been, uh, and also a chart that depicts the, uh, this whole portfolio assessment of the consequences of listening to these Armageddonists over the last decade. So how severe is the next bear market going to be? Uh, I don't think it's going to be bad as the prior two. I recognize that's not saying that much because the last two bear markets were really bad. But I think we're going to have a shallower bear market, kind of like the ones we had in the 60s or the 1980s, uh, for, for the following reasons. There's been a huge reduction in, the, in global economic imbalances in terms of current account uh, deficits and surpluses across countries that tend to contribute to the severity of balance of payments crises. Uh, there's much higher levels of capital and decreased funding risks, mostly in the U.S. financial system and to a much lesser extent in the European financial system much stronger balance sheet fundamentals of U.S. households. Uh, and there's a lot of statistics you can use to look at that. We show some of them here. Uh, reduced risks in emerging markets because of higher level of foreign exchange reserves. And, and also because lower new equity supply. The rate of buybacks in M&A relative to new issuance has been such that I think for two or three years running, uh, we have not had any net expansion in the stock of investable equity, which doesn't mean the markets can't go down but it means that when you do have a bear market, they tend to recover more quickly. Look what happened last December. We had a 20% decline in the market a couple of days after Christmas, and we had the fastest recovery in the history of any bear market, uh, in part because of those equity supply issues. Now, there are definitely some counterpoints to think about. Valuations are well above median. Underwriting standards have disintegrated in the leveraged loan market after what the Fed has done, starving people of income, and uh, deficits are financing a big part of U.S. growth. Uh, and as we discussed in the last eye on the market, there could be a seismic shift in Washington that imposes substantial taxes and regulatory costs on technology firms, energy, healthcare, financials, biotech, wireless, chemicals, you name it. Uh, it's, it's too soon to assess in terms of probabilities, but the chances of a fundamental reordering of the entire U.S. economy are definitely going up. Uh, even with all of that, 
I think that the next recession and bear market, when it happens, will not be as severe or long-lasting as some of the worst ones that we've seen recently. And if that's the case, it would ratify the approach of a lot of money managers that maintained normal exposures to risky assets over the last decade, uh, even as the business cycle was aging and as all this apocalyptic commentary was swirling around them. And uh, we end this, uh, this month's piece uh, with a page on Illinois, because if you're really looking uh, for Armageddon, uh, you should you can look there. Um, there has uh, in in slow motion, the tax base of Illinois is gradually disintegrating. We look at issues around the one, it's only one of the only two states in the country that that's had negative population growth over the last decade. It leads the state in interstate migration. It leads the country in interstate migration losses. We also look at it on adjusted gross income basis. Their home prices are stagnating. And the latest plan that we've seen would move Illinois from 36th to 48th out of 50 in terms of a business tax climate, which increases the stakes even more if businesses and households decide to move into neighboring states uh, whose tax burdens and unfunded pension and retiree health care liabilities aren't nearly as bad. So... Um, uh, you know, there, there's always some bad news if you want to look for it, but I, uh, I thought it was an interesting time to revisit uh, some of the more apocalyptic commentary that we've seen over the last decade and, and, uh, and compare that to how things have actually turned out. So thanks for tuning in. The, the next Eye on the Market will be in early December. We have a holiday piece coming that, um, that you won't want to miss. So thanks for tuning in, and I will speak to you next time. Michael Semblis, Eye on the Market, offers a unique perspective on the economy, current events, markets, and investment portfolios, and is a production of J.P. Morgan Asset and Wealth Management. Michael Semblis is the Chairman of Market and Investment Strategy for J.P. Morgan Asset Management and is one of our most renowned and provocative speakers. For more information, please subscribe to the Eye on the Market by contacting your J.P. Morgan representative. If you'd like to hear more, please explore episodes on iTunes or on our website. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is a communication on behalf of J.P. Morgan Institutional Investments, Incorporated. Views may not be suitable for all investors and are not intended as personal investment advice or as solicitation or recommendation. Outlooks and past performance are never guarantees of future results. This is not investment research. Please read other important information which can be found at www.jpmorgan.com forward slash disclaimer dash EOTM.